Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. In 2016, I recorded the first episode of Real Dudes Podcast with some buddies. Editing that first episode was a monster and a serious learning process for me and also time consuming. But over the years, it's become fairly simple to edit, but throwing a family with kids and finding the time to do it becomes difficult. My guest today seems to have figured it out. Justin McElroy has been a host, co-host of a handful of podcasts, including My Brother, My Brother and Me, Sawbones, The Adventure Zone, and many more. He's been a gaming journalist, and his podcasts have had their own shows, graphic novels, and more. Yet, while doing all this stuff, he and his wife are raising a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Today, Justin and I chat about chili, podcasting, kids and social media and much more so without further ado here is justin mcelroy caught me at the tail end of chili time yeah looks good yeah what uh how do you eat your chili you like it hot spicy i like it a little bit spicy not too spicy i don't mind the flavor but i mind the repercussions okay if you know what i mean yeah totally get that i uh I made the bad decision of eating Chipotle the other night <laughs> and uh, I'll do it. I've never, I've never had any problems from it. And I woke up at 3 AM and dude, it was game over. Uh, I tell you, this is the fastest I've ever gone from meeting someone to talking about poop. Yeah. Like, gotta be a world record for me. I, it's, it's saying something. It's, I think it's meant to be. I've, I've had a lot of poop in my life right now. We just, we had a uh, new baby over the weekend. So oh, damn. changing diapers. Good job. Yep. Yeah. How, what other ones do you have? Uh, I have a three-year-old and then this four-day-old, both girls. Yeah, bud. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, start over. Yeah. It again. It's it's funny because um, our, our three-year-old's potty trained. All of the sleep aggressions that we're gone, we've gone through all that, so she sleeps good at night. And mm-hmm. now, just the thoughts of waking up. You know, we were up from three to four. Last night, changing diapers and feeding and stuff, and it's rough. It's rough. Rough. Yeah. So rough. Yeah. Yeah. We're We're lucky. Our second one is better sleeper than our first one was. Uh, So that was kind of nice. And we got the second one. The first one got out of our like stopped sleeping in our bed, and she was like going to sleep fine. And then at two or three every night, she'd wake up and come get in our bed. Then we realized like. We can't have that with the new baby. So we started trying to end that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she literally started sleeping in her own bed two nights before her sister was born. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's uh... just like, whoa, right <laughs> out of the wire. That's kind of what I thought would happen with this. But uh, she, our three-year-old still sleeps with us. But she stays asleep throughout the night pretty well. And, yeah. and our new one, 
She doesn't. She hasn't been crying a whole lot, so it's it's been pretty peaceful. But I have a feeling it's going to change soon. Yeah, they'll keep on competing. <laughs> That's good to know. I, there was like a, a two weeks where they were alternating waking up at six in the morning, and I get up with the kids because I don't mind as much getting up early as Sydney does. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of them would sleep in, and the other one. It was like they were giving each other breaks. Like I've got it. Yeah, I'll wake up. You've had a hard week. I'll wake up early to that up yeah <laughs> so you know you're you're very well known in the world of podcasting you you have a handful of shows how did you get started in podcasting was it something that your, your father kind of influenced you in or was it something that you just yeah it, it was for sure dad's influence my dad was a radio morning dj for like 40 years um and we really grew up in that um uh, you know, we would do ad reads when he needed like a cute kid for an ad. Mm. Like we would come into the studio and record and there are mornings we'd go in with him to, you know, while he was voice tracking or pre-recording stuff. And, um, we also grew up kind of seeing, uh, he was big into comedy, um, and, and, you know, did a lot of bits and stuff. So that was a big part of like our, our growing up, but it was also like people in town just sort of knowing dad Mm -hmm. Like, and him not knowing them back, we, we, it kind of got used to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was, so it didn't seem strange. I think podcasting, because it's asynchronous, the idea that you would like be recording something that people, and you wouldn't see the people who were taking it in, I think was part of our, I was part of our growing up. So like when podcasting kind of came around, um, the first one that I did was in a joystick the Joystick Podcast, which was AOL's mm-hmm. now defunct video game blog. Uh, they'd gotten like 10 episodes in, I think, before I joined as like a guest. I just kept muscling my way on there. Um, and we did 200 or so episodes wow. of the Joystick Podcast. Um, and then at some point in, well, not some point, exactly April 11th, uh, 2010, we uh, started My Brother, My Brother, and mm-hmm. Me, uh, which was a spinoff with my two brothers, one of which did work at Joystick and the other one didn't. Um, and we spun that off, you know, a few years after I joined joystick. So that was kind of how I kind of got my foot in the door. Um, but it was definitely like a life of my brothers and my dad, us trying to like bust each other up and, and goofing on each other and stuff that kind of like beyond the, the podcasting end of things and the radio end of things, like the dynamic, I guess we kind of, we kind of honed back then. Okay. So I guess you could say your podcast from then alternated from a, a, a video game topics that uh, hit video games to topics of comedy. I mean, my brother, my brother and me is a hilarious podcast. Very funny. Thanks. Um, and then further on, you, you also uh, co-founded Polygon. Yeah. That was in 2012. Mm-hmm. So a couple of years after my brother, my brother and me started, uh, we left joystick and myself and Griffin and our boss, Chris Grant and a few other folks um, co-founded Polygon in 2012. I was the managing editor there, so like the number two position there at Polygon. Uh, and I hung around there for well, like five or six years. It was 2018, mm-hmm. I think, when I finally the uh, we had started um, The Adventure Zone, which is our, our actual play podcast with our dad. And my wife, who's a physician, and I do a medical history podcast mm-hmm. called Sawbones. And those had turned into like graphic novels and TV shows and, and books and stuff. And so we kind of – it just kind of got to the point where the podcasting thing was like a full-time gig. There just right. wasn't time to do other stuff. 
Um, so I left there in 2018 and just kind of fully focused on podcasting. So when you started Joystick and and yeah. and now and then uh, my brother, my brother and me, did you see yourself like all right five years down the road from now? I uh, this is where I want to be, or did everything just kind of happen sporadically? And and uh, was it surreal for you to see all this kind of unfold the way that it did? I when I so I got my. St- start initially i was like an acting directing major but i wasn't that good at it and i didn't get cast a lot so i bailed on that and kind of started in journalism and got like a minor in journalism in college uh and i had always written about video games i mean uh when i was 12 i had a column with uh, uh an adult dude called game view that ran in like the local newspaper mm-hmm. about video games. Like I've been writing about video games for forever and I kind of always just assumed that I would. I mean, the fact that I got hired at joystick was like, I figured that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, I figured that I had made it. And, and when I was at Polygon, I was like, well, this is, it doesn't get better than yeah. this. I had honestly just kind of figured like writing about video games is a great gig. I'll keep doing it forever. But I don't know. When, once we started performing all together and, and doing live shows and stuff, uh, it just seemed like that was the way, uh, like they just grew so big that it didn't, there just wasn't room for other stuff. And it still bummed me out. It was like a very weird, I, I've had um, over 40, 40 jobs oh, man. <laughs> in my life. Yeah. And like I have, I've never felt like sad about bailing on one until Joystick mm-hmm. um, and, and, and Polygon. Like sad about leaving one because it felt like God, I got really lucky yeah. getting a job in in writing about video games and it's terrifying to just be like, well, I'm gonna bail on that right. and see what happens with this podcasting thing. But um, that's that's what I did. So yeah, it was like, I mean, less surreal, more like terrifying. Like I really hope this is the right because it it still to this day does not seem real that I get to talk to my brothers and my dad and record it and people want to like yeah. listen to it and that's a job. Honestly, there's a big part of it too where when it started to grow a few years into my brother, my brother, and me, and we started to get like an actual audience, we had a lot of discussions about we didn't, we felt like we always needed to be able to kill it if it started to get in the way of our relationship. So there was something very scary about saying like, this is our job. This is how we make money because we lost that ability. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost that ability to be like, well, this is hurting our, our, our familial relationship. So we have to can't stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think it just got to a point where it's kind of like symbiotic. It's like a big part of our relationship now. Like in, we've been collaborators, like creative collaborators for, you know, a third of the time that we've been, brothers mm-hmm. at this point so it's like it's part of the relationship and i think when we realized those were kind of inseparable we just sort of realized it was all sort of sort of part and parcel uh and it wasn't just a part of our relationship we could just flush down the door yeah. when when it was convenient yeah i i could imagine how your dad would feel too especially someone that you know has a history in radio uh, locally here to see his his kids grow up and then he's able to join you know one of the radio shows but their podcasts and, and basically the work that he's done in his past is now the work that his kids do. I, I mean, as a parent, I would feel accomplished. I would feel so happy I'll, if my kids, he was just thing. stoked to be able to quit his radio job and not have to wake up at five in the morning okay. anymore. <laughs> uh, he was, he retired 
um, the day after he legally <laughs> could <laughs> and still get Social Security. He, he retired the day afterwards. Right. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, that, I'm sure he was super happy at that point. Yeah, he was stoked. Yeah. I mean, he likes – I'm sure he likes doing it with us too. But still, he was also very stoked. Yeah, like <laughs> just throwing the towel, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. not have to wake up That's that cool. early. So about your kids, I mean, obviously they're still pretty young. Yeah. Do they see you recording shows and and kind of taking that in at a young age, or is it kind of just uh, something that they're not really interested in? Oh, it's wild. Yeah, it's really they've so they're five and two, and they really like don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. Like by the time Charlie, our oldest, was cognizant. Uh, and sort of sentient, you know, in the way that she was uh, able to process the world around her and and realize when things were different from other people's lives. Like, from that time on, she's always been on the road with us. Like, we uh, really started touring a lot once she was born because mm-hmm. we wanted to make our lives harder, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but we, but, like, that's just what she's always known. So she's very used to, like, being backstage and looking for like the goldfish crackers that are on our rider mm-hmm. for her because she knows that there's going to be goldfish and uh, Swedish fish and all number fish based yeah. fish based snacks. <laughs> um, uh, and she's just kind of used to it. I, I think she's uh, she's used to like getting we, we she and I record a podcast called the Charterly and Daddy Show. Uh, where basically it's just her begging people to send her candy in our <laughs> post office box. Um, but then then she'll like eat the candy on the podcast. It's a really good grip she she's got going. Review, I, I didn't realize you did that. Whether does she review the candy uh, and stuff that she gets or gives like an opinion? Uh, it was at first it was just her sort of talking about whatever subject interested her. Mm-hmm. And then she came upon the idea of just asking people to send her candy <laughs> pretty uh, awesome. a couple months ago. Like right when the quarantine started, actually, she was like uh, talking about her favorite candy and started asking people just to send her candy in the post office box, which is just hilarious. It's a hilarious grift. I can mm-hmm. show you. Hold on. Okay. I, I know this is a podcast, but no, just so you can see, there is a um in the back of my studio. There, there is a uh, hold on. There is a box of uh. There it is. You can kind of yep. look out there in the back gigantic box of candy <laughs> that people are, have been kind enough to send her. And it's a good, it's a good scam. Um, it's, it's been hard as a parent though. It's been tough knowing where to draw the line between her and our fans and like okay. our listeners and where to, how to set those boundaries. So that's something we've had to kind of figure out on the fly. But, um, you know, I think she's comfortable with it just because she hasn't known any anything else. Setting a boundary, how could you explain that a little bit more as far as sure, the separation yeah. between fans and family? We were uh, so we would post like when they were bo- first born and et cetera, et cetera. Like when Charlie was first born, I should say we we posted pictures of her on Twitter and mm-hmm. Facebook and stuff, um, and then it. It wasn't like anything happened, but it was a, a sort of realization that like one, to a lesser extent, there's like a safety issue. Like we don't necessarily want to show everybody like, hey, this is what our kid looks like right. and and photograph them. And, you know, um, and but the, there's also I, I think a bigger part of it that's like 
we realize like she's not really old enough to decide if she wants like an audience for her life mm-hmm. or not. We very much made the conscious decision a- as adults to like bring people into our lives mm-hmm. and share our lives with them, with our audience. Um, but we wanted her to be able to kind of make that decision on her own and be able to make like little kid mistakes and teenager mistakes and right. do the in private if she wanted to. Yeah. Um, so we don't post pictures of her when, when we see like fans at shows of, if the kids happen to be with us, um, they're almost always really good about giving us space. Like it's usually just like a wave to Charlie or like a, Hey, mm-hmm. but if we take pictures with folks, like we have the kids step out of it. Right. Um, and if, and if we can't do that, we usually don't, take you know, take a picture yeah. or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just common sense stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. and like I said, our audience has always been very cool and understanding about it, but, um, I, I think it's it's something that's been important to us. Yeah, uh, I I'd never even thought about that. Um, it, it is kind of weird seeing kids at such a young age right now creating their own social media accounts. And I know for me, yeah, like uh, on, on Twitter and uh, well, mostly Twitter. I don't ever post. I rarely post pictures of my kid on there. And I have a private account for Instagram for family and close friends. That you know, yeah. I, you just don't know who's out there looking at this stuff and and. It's just, I don't know, there's a creepy factor of it when I think about it. There was a, it was, we made this decision at the the same time that it became uh, very stressful to be a video game journalist Mm -hmm. because there was a lot of people who were very angry at video game journalists Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of made it their mission to make their lives hard. Uh, And that was a big part of the factor of like, we just don't necessarily (laughs) need our kids' lives, you know, laid bare for, for the whole world. Kudos to you for doing that. That's uh, that's a that's a smart decision. Very smart decision. Uh, thanks. It seems to be the right play. It yeah. seems to be something we can always not do if we decide we want right. to stop doing right. it. But you can't really un you can't can't erase your kid from the internet. No, no. And I I like the idea of you guys letting them make the decision for themselves. You're not openly putting them out there. So if they do want it in the future, then they can create you know their own social media and and get involved with that at a time that they feel comfortable doing it. Yeah, for sure. So, you obviously love video games? Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did your kids play games? Um. Yeah. We we Charlie has been deep into Animal Crossing, and okay. she's actually just now at an age where she can kind of do that uh, of her own volition um, and, and kind of do it all on her own. Um, so, that has been very cool mm-hmm. for me to see. Um, she has also been getting into... Um, there was this whole series of there was this company called Broderbund in the '90s that did a lot of um, kids' adventure games. Mm-hmm. So there's like the Putt Putt series, like Putt Putt goes to the moon and Putt Putt, I don't know, saves the zoo or something. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <laughs> there's there's in that same line there's like Pajama Sam and uh, what's the other one, Fatty Bear, which is not cool anymore i don't yeah, think that doesn't sound <laughs> <laughs> but uh they're all point and click adventure games for kids mm-hmm. that actually change when you play them like the solutions can change um and they're she's like way into those she's just gotten into those like very recently and she'll even they release like big packs on the phone too so you can get oh, like really? 10 of them for six bucks or something wild like that uh yeah and they're they're fun and cute fully animated they were like early uh, not F and V, but they're like fully voiced and and animated and stuff. So she digs that. But uh, I think those are good for like la- lateral problem solving mm-hmm. and what have you. But um, those are like the big ones. 
uh, she'll watch me, you know, play stuff from time to time, but it's, it's usually she wants to, like, I'm playing Halo 3 right now for my, for this, uh, other podcast and called the besties. It's like our older, we're doing like an older video game mm-hmm. series right now. Yeah. And I was playing Halo 3 and she kept wanting to like hold it, try it. And it's like, sweetie, this is, you know, it was just her like spinning yeah. and like staring <laughs> up at the ceiling and like. I'm going to blaze those dudes. Yeah. So she said, like, I want to blaze them. Like, baby, you got to point it at them, at, them, at yeah. least. Yeah. And she would just forget there's a second stick. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So it turns so into, like, to golden one eye, basically. Yeah. Where she's, like, just <laughs> strafing around, you know? Yeah. Um, we actually worked out a system where she would hold the left side of the controller and I would hold the right yes, side. Yes, I've done that, and yes. It's a fun, like, it's like playing with um, difficulty modifiers yes. on, like... <laughs> It's like a railgun shooter, you know what I mean? It's yes. Like where, where, it, yeah. Your path is predetermined, and it's insane. You got you to pick the good time to shoot. Exactly right. Um, yeah. So we've been doing um, Mario Odyssey, and she'll watch me play Animal Crossing. But I, I've been letting her play Mario Odyssey with uh, uh, not handicap, but it's it's an assist mode where the arrows will show you your your pathway. And, oh, cool. Uh, so she'll follow it sometimes, and then she'll get bored. Then she'll run off, and then she'll get stuck in a corner where everything zooms in behind Mario. And uh, same thing, she just spins around in circles. And yeah, she's still she's still learning. She finally just got the grip down. But you really take three D manipulation for granted. Mm-hmm. Like you really, the fact that your brain has learned to process that over twenty years, like you really don't think about. And then you realize, like, wow, that's actually a lot to like process yeah. at one time it's like pretty overwhelming I yeah think. yeah definitely different from i mean i grew up in the 90s from playing mario and sonic you know 2d side scrollers going from left to right to yeah fully open 3d world well justin thank you so much for stopping by and chatting with me sure where can people find you on the interwebs all of our stuff is at McElroy family, McElroy.family, M-C-E-L-R-O-Y dot family. Uh, my wife and I, like I said, I listen to all our podcasts. Uh, there's a Sawbones book. Um, you can get our um, The Adventure Zone. We have a series of graphic novels. The third one of those is out this July, so you can pre-order that right now. Uh, no live shows going on right now for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. <laughs> uh, but that's the, that's the main stuff we've got, we got going right now. Uh, trying to trying to keep busy okay. despite everything. Okay, I, I saw that you got to uh, actually all three of you guys got a chance to voice in Trolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the new Trolls movie, Trolls World Tour. Um, that was cool. We're I'm still doing a lot of voiceovers. I was uh, I just did a couple of episodes of um, a series called Apple and Onion. Um, I actually have a part in a new Steam game that came out today called Dark Knights with Poe and Monroe. It's like an FMV adventure game. Um, just came out today so i've been trying to do a lot of voiceover stuff too because it's easy to do from the house uh, yeah i would say this is probably a prime time to try to get into that and, and yeah. do some voice acting that's awesome man so yeah very cool what a wonderful wonderful guy justin thank you so much for coming on to parent quest and chatting with me be sure to follow Justin on Twitter and Instagram at Justin McElroy and tune in to one of his many podcasts at McElroy.family. Listeners, you can follow me at Pod on Twitter 
and parent underscore quest on Instagram. Be sure to send me a voice message, whether you've got questions, promos, uh, talk about projects or suggestions for topics for the show. You can go to anchor.fm and hit that send message button and uh, send me a voice message. Thank you again so much for listening. And I can confidently say that this quest has been completed.